0: Our guest this week is Andrew Parkin-White. Andrew has an extensive background in consulting and analysis with many significant companies in the mobile industry. Andrew is leading the IoT focus of MEF. MEF is the mobile ecosystem forum, which is an energetic and diverse mobile industry body. Andrew firstly updates us about the scope of MEF around the three I's. He then discusses the scope of the IoT market. He explains how IoT companies are addressing the various market segments that are evolving, particularly in the areas of automotive, supply chains, healthcare and robotics. He outlines how smaller companies can address sub-niches in the overall market. We discuss how IoT market is likely to develop with the new IoT platforms from the likes of AWS. For example, will AWS compete more directly with mobile operators? He also believes that partnerships are a key enabler in the IoT market to address all parts of the value chain. Finally, Andrew outlines his thoughts on the current low revenue per IoT device that mobile operators can command, and how this will change in the future. He's a very knowledgeable expert in this area, and I found his thoughts to be very interesting. I'm sure you'll enjoy it.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Netzer Digital First Selling. During these times of COVID and falling telco sales, digital first selling is the answer to new customer acquisition, increasing revenues and cost reduction. If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal digital first selling as a service solution for you. The Netzer Digital First Selling solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. You will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution.
0: Okay, on the podcast this week, we have Andrew Parkin-White. Andrew is leading the IoT program at MEF, which is a well-known in- industry body in the telecoms industry. And he'll explain a little bit more about that in a second. So, first of all, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And you're in a beautiful part of England, which I, I all know all about from my um, my secondary school uh, reading of uh, Shakespeare and so on?
1: (laughs) Yeah I I live in Stratford-bon-Avon which is a very picturesque part of central England. Um, I escaped the big smoke of London five years ago for a more tranquil life and uh, yeah uh, my my biggest regret is I'm not into Shakespeare so (laughs) the angle of actually living here.
0: Well that's uh, I think maybe you're ahead of the curve there with Covid. I think everyone's Living a tranquil life at home now, Andrew. So anyway, so you, you have a quite an extensive background in telecoms and mobile. And let's say you're you're a cons- you consulted for a number of years and probably still are.
1: Yeah, that's right. I've been in the telecoms industry since I graduated many years ago. And my main roles have been in telecom strategy, in consulting, and as an analyst. And I've worked for companies like BT. I worked for a startup company um, back in the early 90s, which is now known as Orange. I think people might have heard that. <laughs> uh, in terms of consulting, I've worked for KPMG. I've worked for Ovum, which is now Informer. And uh, I've worked on the analyst side for Analysis Mason and ABI Research. I've been with MEF uh, for about eighteen months now, and uh, I-, I run their their IoT program there.
0: Okay, so maybe for some of the audience who mightn't be aware, maybe you could say what MEF is.
1: Yeah, I mean, MEF the the acronym stands for the Mobile Ecosystem Forum. It- are a not-for-profit trade organization set up to benefit our members. We've been in existence for about 20 years now. And our strategy is to deliver on the three I's of insight. So providing insight, insight to our members, um, impact. Uh, so we, we do kind of lobbying papers, codes of conduct, best practice, and um, interactions, so we have events, and we encourage our members to interact with each other. We hold regular working groups. We, we deliver predominantly through a series of programs, through reports, et cetera. You can check us out on the MEF website. We always have plenty of webinars going on. We are probably best known for our work in, in messaging. So we, uh, by uh, of our 100 members, quite a large proportion of those are from the messaging side of things. Uh, but we're active in other areas where we're building up currently on the personal data and digital identity side of things, um, on mobile payments and IoT, which is is my area of interest, which has been going for about 18 months now, and we're, we're building that up quite gradually.
0: Okay, that's quite a wide range. And you encourage interaction between vendors and mobile operators and virtual mobile operators and, and all the varieties of telecoms companies that are
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, our members come from a wide range of backgrounds. We, we, we do have some very large um, telecoms operators, mobile network operators among our membership. And we also have some very small organizations, some startup organizations. And yeah, it's it's a case of putting information out there, learning from each other, and you know, supporting the, the growth of the industry. And what we say strap line is accelerating your market development. So mm. uh, you know, that's in a nutshell what what we try to do. And you know, we're always happy to talk to people who want to learn more about MEF.
0: Yeah, I, the, the MEF forums that I have attended, I was always struck by the variety of people there from across different parts of the uh, telecom and mobile industry. And also the sort of the relaxed and open atmosphere that there was there. People were quite open to be approached and they would have something to say. So I'd, I'd recommend to anyone who's listening, who's interested to, to look it up and consider being a member. So it's, it's quite a, I think, an energetic industry body.
1: Yeah. I think we do punch above our weight really in, in the industry and you know, we come up with some some quite hard-hitting pieces that the, the industry as a whole listens to. We have quite a few events that people can uh, can attend, um, admittedly we're, we're now on virtual events rather than face-to-face, <laughs> but we've got quite an ambitious plan for next year in terms of the events that we'll be running across a range of topics. Um, uh, the, uh, of which um, you know, things like digital transformation, security, and IoT to name but a few are coming up in the next next few months. And so, watch out for our regular stream of webinars, and we do post our recordings on our website and on YouTube.
0: Okay, brilliant. And so, let's get onto IoT. So, it, this is going to save the world, I understand. Um, I've been somebody told me that. I don't know if you think that's true. Andrew. <laughs> IoT, the the next big thing. Yeah?
1: Well, I think uh, I don't know about the next big thing. It's becoming a big thing in its own right already. I mean, it, it started off from machine to machine type applications quite a, a number of years ago. And IoT is really a move on from M to M, but adding the kind of data and analytics behind it so that we can learn about what these things in the network are doing. And you know, if forecasts are, are to be believed, you know the the GSMA is quoting 25 billion connected devices globally by 2025. The market pre-COVID was growing at, depending on which analysts you believe, tend to uh, 15% a year, and it's certainly drawing in a lot of attraction, a lot of noise, and. The the applications out there are really quite interesting. Um, We're seeing some very large applications coming into the fore in terms of automotive. Your your car is now Mm -hmm. a gateway and is communicating not only what your car is up to, but where it is and accessing your infotainment system. And we can see some quite simplistic applications coming from things like street lights, being more sensible and turning themselves on and off and power savings, we see applications in power grids uh, going forward and no, it, it's really kind of the, the sky's the limit. Um, this year ha- has been a bit of a setback um, but growth hasn't gone away, the, the trajectory is, is still in the, the right sort of direction. And also, I, know, I think what, what we're seeing this year is healthcare has come to the fore, and uh, we're seeing a lot of interesting healthcare applications. Um, remote patient monitoring is becoming a, a, a big market uh, because people can't attend doctors and hospitals in person, so we can do those remotely, and uh, you know, can monitor patients in their own home if they're having.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the newer phones have brought in health sensors and so on so that's becoming quite common let let me give you my impression on but iot as regards mobile i think the mobile operators have a unique value in that they do wide area or metropolitan or even country-wide coverage or even international coverage which is something unique for uh, iot devices that are obviously moving such as cars but also uh, in generally speaking i think it's still true that quality of service in terms of data coverage is superior on mobile networks because it's a big focus compared to standard Wi-Fi, for the sake of argument. What's, would that be, would they be fair comments, Andrew, do you think?
1: Very fair comments, I would say. Um, I think with IoT, it's, it's really that there are multiple technologies out there and those technologies have different applications. So like you you mentioned Wi-Fi and certainly Wi-Fi is suitable, but it depends on the characteristics of the the device, the sensor and the traffic it's carrying. So if we you know, we we've also been looking recently at campus type environments and you can have law and Sigfox technologies active and, and they're doing a good job. If you start to get to higher degrees of mobility, higher degrees of coverage, then you'll definitely looking at cellular as a solution. Mm-hmm. And in terms of percentages, we, we reckon that cellular IoT counts, accounts for about 15% of overall IoT connections out there. And, you know, at, at MEF we also look at the the high end of mobility. So, you know, just as you roam or would roam in normal times, uh, with your phone in different countries, we have a lot of IoT applications that need a high degree of mobility. Um, The automotive example is is a good one. A car could be built in one country, finished off in a second country, sold in a third country, and then it can move around to a fourth and fifth country. So the connectivity has got to be there. Mm -hmm. COVID, the airlines were a good example of a high mobility segment. Um, Now we have examples such as um, Rolls-Royce putting sensors in their engines to monitor power performance and saving fuel for airlines that way. And we're also seeing a big increase in the kind of tracking and logistics types industries where um, you you can load a package on in one country and it can be tracked all the way through to its final destination. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget the the sort of simpler end of things as a lot of manufacturers say something is manufactured in China with a, a chip um, inside it, it could be deployed anywhere in the world. And once it goes anywhere in the world, it, it sort of wakes up and says, hi, I'm here and I need connectivity. And you know, th- those are really sort of instances where, where cellular comes into yeah. the So when we talked jokingly about our bridges and washing machines and toasters uh, communicating, <laughs> then, you know, it's, it's certainly... Not far from the truth, from the-
0: yeah. Just one, how do you think a mobile operator should approach the market? I mean, a lot of operators are offering, say, IoT-focused SIM SIMs as a, a starter product, you might say. So that's a tariff and maybe some data control issues. And, but at the, at the other end, you can imagine a full IoT platform. Where do you think operators should start and how far can they go?
1: Well, we're, we're not just seeing mobile operators in there. We're seeing um, some mobile virtual operators who are offering global connectivity in particular. In terms of strategies, we're seeing different strategies coming from different players. Uh, we've seen some that are very segment-focused, so they'll pick an industry like healthcare, like automotive, and they'll really just push push along and develop that segment to the fall. We've seen other players that are more broad brush, and as you say, it can range from simple connectivity. So something that just needs a sensor to be connected to a network and will send data backwards and forwards. It it doesn't have to be much data. And, you know, at at the other end of the extreme, you can have something that is communicating and needs very low latency, uh, and the the communications are quite intense. if we think about some of the robotic applications, that, that might be the case as it, as it is in healthcare. So different mobile operators are effectively op- operating different strategies. They, they've all tended to build up their own IoT units and are progressing in that sort of way. And they're interested in serving the needs of the, the larger end of the market. So the, the large enterprises, the global enterprises, are the jewels in the crown for them, and uh, th- those sort of organisations want to buy from another large player, so they're, they're ready markets for mobile network operators. Mm-hmm. But as the applications go to the smaller end of the market, and there's a lot of growth in the the small and medium-sized enterprise. Then there, th- those opportunities are probably less attractive to mobile network operators due to their volume and they, they can't readily focus on on those sorts of um those sorts of opportunities so we're seeing players coming into the market as i mentioned these mobile virtual network operators and picking up opportunities there where the mobile network operators don't necessarily want to exploit the opportunities
0: yeah that's so this, what you're saying is an increasingly sophisticated marketing approach to different parts of the market where people are specializing in a sector or developing a brand in a sector and carving Mm. in, we say niches, but they can be quite substantial niches, Uh, so. Oh, oh, very
1: very definitely. Um, No, I I was, uh, we we had a presentation last week by a company called Transformer Insights who are very active across uh, the IoT market And they were estimating, for example, that around 30% of IoT connections by 2030 would be automotive. Mm. It's a big and attractive market. And those operators are going to be going after uh, those sorts of opportunities. They're they're attracted to large volumes and want to to serve the market in that way. And and we're also, uh, the IoT, is is a broad value chain beyond connectivity and it starts off as you mentioned earlier with the devices and the sensors they need to be connected but at the more sophisticated end they need systems integration they need platforms they need security they need analytics and so there's a lot of elements and you know we're seeing some of the larger players certainly coming together and creating these business units which are bringing those things together and we're also seeing lots of partnerships starting to emerge. We mustn't forget in all of this, that also there's a, there's a, a great deal of interest from um, some of the large players like Amazon Web Services, Google, et cetera, um, who are operating cloud platforms that effectively manage, of a better word, these, these devices, and you know, they could become considerable players in their own right. I think if I was to put one word forward on how the IoT ecosystem is going to evolve, that would be partnerships.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting, Andrew. Um, and a little bit uh, scary, I'd say, for mobile operators. The the likes of AWS and Google, you know, clearly AWS clearly is coming after this market. Um, do you think they will move into the The transport section, which we we assume mobile operators are in the so-called transport or communications section of the
1: value chain, do you see them going that far? They haven't historically been interested in the connectivity part of the equation. And from the research we've done at MEF, um, we think that for every dollar spent on an IoT solution, around 10 cents is connectivity, so 10% of the market. It's not a market that you probably want to get into if you can access the benefits of that market from a a third party. We we see a a lot more value in the platforms and systems integration side of things. And even uh, the device itself is probably worth more than the connectivity element. But there's certainly ones to watch. And we are watching what strategies the, the likes of Google Microsoft, Amazon are playing in this market along with other hyperscale cloud providers. And you know, I think the, the competitive dynamics over the next few years are going to be interesting mm-hmm. as the parties come together and you know, it's it's who essentially is going to lead it, but in the eyes of the, the consumer, in the eyes of the business, um, they're probably less interested in the actual transport being carried by KPM, Vodafone, AT&T, whoever, Mm -hmm. they are in the actual solutions provision. So long as it works, they're happy, and the role of the network operators is to ensure that it happens in in a robust fashion. I think the the other dynamic we've seen recently, which I'm suspecting is starting to peter out, and I'm talking just about connectivity here, is um, the, the emergence of very low price points. So we, we've seen sort of one euro a month for your for your connectivity. And that's, we, we don't see that as a kind of viable long-term strategy. And it's got a lot to do with the nature of IoT traffic. It's very bursty uh, for uh, the bulk of applications. And it also requires lots of signaling. So the economics of one euro per device per month is is not a, a long term pricing strategy. What a lot of players are moving to is a more of a form of a managed service with traffic aggregated across their base of IoT devices and sensors.
0: Okay, okay. Well, that, that, that's really interesting, Andrew. You, you you've surveyed the industry and it's its uh, development and projected into the future. I found that really interesting. Uh, Thanks for coming to the podcast and sharing your knowledge and um, how would people contact you if if they want to follow
1: up? You can visit our website, www.mobileecosystemforum.com quite a lot to type there (laughs) or you can get in touch with me individually. I'm Andrew at mobileecosystemforum.com Always happy to have discussions with people and, and tell them more about how we see the, the market evolving and uh, how meth can hopefully help an organisation.
0: Oh, brilliant. No, thanks very much. And uh, it's a tradition on this uh, podcast for the guests to nominate a song they'd like to play out on. I know I might've surprised you a little bit at the beginning <laughs> with this question. So I don't know if you have a chance to come up with something.
1: Yeah. Um, i'm a bit of a film buff really and i do like songs that go along with films and one of my favorite films was titanic or is titanic so i think celine d on my heart will go on Um, (laughs) and hopefully my voice will go on a little bit longer as well (laughs) oh
0: great choice and
1: uh, thanks very much for being on the podcast you're very welcome great to speak to you pat
2: See you. One true time, I hope to. In my life, we'll always go on. Good night.